Well, good morning. That's just uh, one of our equipped classes this summer, and so we want to invite you to sign up for that. It's going to be fantastic. My name is Ben Chapman. I'm in the dark. It's actually like a mood theater right now. I kind of like it. There we go. It's awesome. Hey, would you do me a favor? Because I know you're real comfortable, but there's something that we value here at Luminous Church. You may or may not know it, but it is family. It is family, and we love family. And the best thing I love doing with my family is I love giving my family a big hug. Anybody love giving your family like a big hug? Like, come here and shake them and all that. So stand up. For 30 seconds, would you just give somebody a hug, a side hug, a clap, a, a front hug, if you know them that well? If you don't, then it could be awkward, but families are sometimes awkward. Sometimes you got to have family meetings after hugs and after all that stuff. Yes. Come on, man. I love this. You're like, what kind of church are we going to right now? We just get up. All right, as you're hugging and wondering if you crossed the, the boundary in that, that person will let you know in our next family meeting as we're sitting down. Hey, so excited that you're here this morning with us. If you normally come to our first service, you're like, man, this is kind of full. If you normally come to our second service, you're like, this is about normal. And so um, we're, we're trying to fit everybody into one service at a 10 a.m. We're able to do that on Memorial Weekend, you know, with everybody traveling and uh, people out of town. But we also have some guests in town. And what I want to do before I get started today is I just, you know, Memorial Weekend is a great time to just honor those who have served and given their life for our country and for our freedom. And actually, the, the ability for me to preach today is because somebody gave their life um, so that I would be able to have this freedom, which is not done in many other countries. And so if you serve, if you actually serve or have served in the military, would you stand? Can we honor everybody who served in our military? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. We, we, love, we love our military, we love our freedom, and we don't take it for granted, and so we thank you for your service, and, uh, and so we hope that you have a great time barbecuing with your friends and family tomorrow to remember that occasion, because how many of you know, when we remember things, there should be also celebration, and that's what the Bible often did with feasts, right? Anytime that God did something, the Passover, where, where it, was a, it was God's grace and his love, and, and yet just it was a, a it was a horrible time as well. There was there's multiple deaths and multiple things that happened. But what did the, the Israelites do? They celebrated with Passover, celebrated with the Passover uh, supper and and began to do that. And it was good. It, it's good. We need to remember. We need to remember. So go barbecue. And if you don't know where to go, just go to Cliff McKinley's house and he'll treat you. I promise him. That's what he's good for. Uh, we're in the week. We're concluding. You're good for so much more, man. I mean, I'm just loose today. Get ready. If you're a guest this morning, this is family. Uh, this is Facebook Live, too, so maybe we shouldn't put it on live. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Ephesians chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 3, there's some verse that I would love for you to highlight or write in. Believe it or not, you can actually write in your Bible. You can highlight in it. You can, you can write over it. Some of you think it's like, ooh. I can't touch this thing. I remember getting a new Bible as a wedding gift from one of my friends. This Bible was like genuine leather. 
like genuine leather, not the bonded leather. You know, it was like, it was a whole cowhide that was shaped into this Bible. It, it, it cost an arm and a leg, and I was afraid to write in it. You know, have you ever been afraid of writing a new Bible? Your wife gave you an anniversary gift or something like that, has your name on it, like, oh, I just don't know if I can do it. But once you do it, it's just like freedom. It's like every time you get a new car, just, just dent it. Just like kick it. <laughs> Scratch it. It's going to happen. And, and you'll actually appreciate it more. I'm telling you, you'll appreciate your Bible more and worry a lot less if you just start writing in it, underline it. But would you underline or highlight this verse, Ephesians 3.20? Now all glory to God who is able to... who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infin- infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Everybody say more. 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 I read a new living translation. Never do that. But I thought, I thought that translation would be good for us. That he's able to do infinitely more. Infinitely. The sideways eight more than we could ask, think, or imagine. That, that he is constantly and consistently working on our behalf for us and for his kingdom. Did you know that? Like God, God rests, but he doesn't rest. You know what I mean? Like he's always thinking. He can't shut it off. He's, he's constantly working. He's constantly thinking about you and me, and he's doing all that. And, and I'm so thankful for him, and he's, he is in control, absolutely sovereign, and you and I have elements of this where we, we love more. It's the characteristic of God, right? Where, where we want to do more. We want more worship. Can we do another song? Can we get more preaching? Can I get more flowers from my husband? Can I get more donuts? Can I, can I get a longer, more massage? Can I, can I get more money? Can I get more vacation days and vacation hours? Oh, we want more. How many of you want more in life? Like, Did you know like you and I were created for more? You and I were created for more. We were created to to constantly fulfill this desire in us for more. More and more and more and more. But did you know we were created in the context of this to get more of God? That's why we were created for more and more of God. And I I have this theory. uh, uh, You can check it in the Bible. And I think think this verse speaks to it. That if he can infinitely do more than we can ask or think. And he is a God who does more. He is a God who, uh, he says, abundant living. Right? And John, he gives you abundant living. That means a lot of living. A lot of life. Like like more, 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 more. He he gives you a lot. But, But when sin entered the picture, all of a sudden our desire for more shifted from God. To other things. Have you realized that to be true? And, and because it shifted, because of our sin nature and it's shifting, we have actually craved more things that kind of disgust us. Like, for instance, I, I got these gluten free cookies lately, chocolate chip. They're amazing. They're, this is the best fundraiser cookie I've ever had. And I keep cooking them, not for my son who's gluten free, but for me. <laughs> and, I mean, I at least cook like one a day, you know, and I'm putting it in there, and I just can't get enough of these cookies, and I just want more and more and more. But how many know too much more, and I get sick, right? Too much massage, it starts to hurt. You're like, bro, can you like move, you know, like, like I, I'm, I hurt over here too, not just in that one spot. You're actually creating a sore. Like too much of of too much of stuff, right, can actually create pain and all that stuff. And so, so you weren't created for just more pleasure and more stuff. Like we know that 
but you were created for more God. And that's what this is about, is that we would be created for more of God. And, and, and in this, we've looked at all these principles, how God wants to move more in your life if you walk out into the, the blessings of his obedience and walking that out. We talked about giving, right? The first fruits of your, of, of your tithe, 10%. Step out of that and watch God bless the 90 more than you can with your 100. Step out in resting and honoring the Sabbath and, and taking a day of rest for, for however you rest your soul. Step out of that and God will do more with your six days than you can your seven. We talked about how with disappointment, we just want to hold on to disappointment. But actually, if you let go of it, God can do something with your disappointment, right? And so there's all these paradoxes. And this one paradox that I love, it's found in Matthew chapter 17, if you have your Bibles. Matthew chapter 17. And it's this paradox, and we know this a little bit to be true, but it's this paradox that, that something little can be so powerful. Something small can actually be monumentous for your life. We don't think that oftentimes, right? Because we, we overlook the small things in life. You know, and I, I don't know if you do. Some, some of you don't, right? But, but for most of us, most of humanity is overlooking the small things. That's why Aaron was talking about finances, overlooking, you know, the pennies and all that stuff. Okay, Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him. And kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has had seizures. And he suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, oh, hey, yo, Jesus, what happened? And we couldn't do it. Why could we not cast it out? He said, to them, because of your little faith. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing. A grain of mustard seed. That's little. That is little. And I'll tell you this, a little can go a long way. Now, apparently there's even littler than a seed, a grain of mustard seed. That was the faith that they had. And I, I want to tell you this, like all of us have a, li a little, little bit of faith, but, but a little mustard seed can do great and powerful things. I never found this to be true more than walking the strip at Fredericksburg. As we were going inside of the boutiques, there's this nice shop called Rustlin' Robs. You ever been there, Rustlin' Robs? You need to go to Rustlin' Robs. And in, in the Rustlin' Robs has all these dips, like ranch dips, all these crackers out. You can, you can just taste them. You don't even have to eat lunch. It's like college student dream. Like, I'm just going to eat the air and just, you know, get filled up, you know, and bring the tap water. And so, so... <clears throat> But in Russell and Rob's, you go to the back of Russell and Rob's and, and there's like all the hot sauces. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, the sauces that, that have like the devils on them, like 10,000 BTU or whatever it is. I don't know how they measure it. But it is like crazy hot stuff. And my friend and I thought it would be a good idea to go back there and challenge each other. You, you know, women do this, but men do this really well. Like, yo, bro, I bet you won't. 
<laughs> and it goes back and forth, and you make a bet, and then somebody comes in who actually has money and says, I'll bet both of y'all won't. And then we said, okay. So we looked at this, and, and, and you just, you know, take just a little, little dab, just a little dab, like not even a drop. Put it on, you're like, whew, it's kind of hot. It's kind of hot. Now, you got to think, you know, these hot sauces are made for, like, chilies, and they're supposed to be diluted, you know. They're not supposed to be coming into your mouth, onto your tongue, down your throat, into your stomach. Like, that's just not what it's supposed to do. It's not what it's intended. So we were like, man, I, I, that really wasn't that bad. I think I didn't handle it. How much? 20? Okay, yeah, 20. 20 for each or 20 for both, right? You know, like, no, 20 each. Okay, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. So we took one drop. One drop of that hot sauce. And y'all already know where I'm going. It's so predictable. <laughs> this sermon is so predictable. But so is Memorial Day weekend. Like, we all knew it was coming, and we're going to have fun, right? So I took one drop of this hot sauce, and so did my friend. We put on a cracker, a little Russell and Rob wheat-thin cracker. We put it in our mouth, and we're like, oh, yeah, man, this is great. This is great. Pay up. <laughs> it was horrific i mean uh, my eyes were just watering like this and i was like ah and i was screaming i mean literally this hot i couldn't see anything i was going through it i was going to the you know beverage fridge i was taking out drinks i was stealing them not even purchasing them drinking this water and it was not going away i was like how do you deflate this how do you take this pain away it is so powerful it has consumed me it has overwhelmed me and it's crazy and for 30 minutes we couldn't taste for 30 minutes Literally, this, this lady, the children's director at Mid-City, Sharon, so sweet. She would take us out, and she led us to this restaurant where we got some milk and some other stuff, and, and we couldn't see. It was, it was crazy. And I'm just going to tell you this. The name of that hot sauce was called Devil's Blood. I don't know if it was spiritual. I don't know if it was just hot. What I know is don't go get Devil's Blood at Russell and Rob's. The, tr the truth is this, this is what I want to say, a little goes a long way. Never did I think a drop of hot sauce could consume my life and affect everything for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> and I'll say the same is true for us typically as believers. We don't think that a seed, a mustard seed, will be enough faith to carry us out throughout all of our days. We don't think that a seed could move really the mountains and the monuments and everything that we've been believing that the devil has been depositing in our life. We just don't think that a seed of faith is quite enough to overwhelm the fear that I'm having, to overwhelm the fear that has been given to me. But I want to tell you something, and this is what he's saying is that faith will change your circumstance. Faith is going to change your circumstance Every time. Faith is like the topographical 3D map. You know what I mean? It's like when you're hiking and you're wondering what's on the other side of the mountain. Back in the day, you would just climb over the mountain, right? And you would go find out. Well, we don't do that anymore. Well, unless you're Stephen, you know? I mean, a couple of us do. But, 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 but you just look at that topographical map and you see what's on the other side. You're like, oh, that's what's on the other side. You know what's crazy and the great insight of, of the scripture and what Jesus is showing us is that, that I'm going to be able to show you what's on the other side of the mountain. 
I'm going to be the one by the faith that you have in me and the trust that you have in me. It's going to remove that mountain so that you can see what's beyond it. How many get so clouded, so, so nearsighted when life hits you hard? Crisis, bills, bills, more bills, <laughs> you know. All those things happen to your life and you feel like that's all I can see in front of me. But how many know that God has deposited a seed so that you can see beyond that? And that's what Jesus was showing us all the time. And the, the disciples, the apostles, the fathers of the church, the reason that you and I are here, Jesus, yes, but they carried the message of Christ beyond all the way to the ends of the earth. And they carried it to us here generation after generation, thousands of years later. These disciples who are amazing, these disciples who could pen letters that, that have left people dumbfounded for, for centuries. These apostles didn't have the faith. To help a boy who was having seizures, convulsing. And they knew it was a demonic presence. They knew there was something there. They just didn't have the faith to be able to cast it out. This is fascinating me because in Matthew chapter 17, you got to realize three of these disciples, three of the 12, actually were with Jesus just moments before this. They were with Jesus and they saw something that would increase their faith like we couldn't even think. In fact, in 17, verse 1, it says, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah and we'll sleep outside. He was still speaking when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this. They fell on their face and were terrified because the presence of God is terrifying. But Jesus, he came and touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. I love this picture. There's so many things to preach on right now just as I was reading that. I, I love the picture that, that they're in front of God's presence and the cloud is over there. And it's terrifying because God is terrifying because he's completely holy. And he knows all your thoughts. Like right now, he knows what you're thinking about me. Remember that. As you're taking notes. All right. He knows everything. He, he knows it all. And it's terrifying. He's completely holy. But here's what's amazing is his son, Jesus, taps him on the shoulder and calms their fear because they're with Jesus. The only way for us to be with God is to be with Jesus, is to be close to Jesus, to have Jesus with us. In fact, that's the only way to God is with Jesus. And when Jesus is with you, what happens? Calm down. All of a sudden, it makes sense. It's amazing. It's fun, actually. It's an enjoyable journey. And here they are, and they just see this moment. They just see this moment. They see God. They're taken to the heavenlies, the transfiguration. They, they see the appearance of, of Moses and Elijah, and they see all these things. They have a miraculous moment. 
like in their morning prayer closet. They have a miraculous moment and then they go out to work and somebody cusses or some kid Caesars from a demon or something manifests and they're taken back. Have you lost faith that easily? Have you like lost your faith in the same day? Maybe in the same breath? I have. I've, I've lost faith. I, I've, I've great time with Jesus. Man, it's awesome. We're going along. It's incredible. And then, woo, that's overwhelming. You get that one bill in the mail. You get that one phone call. You get something that's really going to upset you and disturb you and leaves you. That faith just leaves you. And here's the thing. The obstacle to faith is doubt. The obstacle of faith is doubt. That, that, that I trust God in this moment when I'm in transfiguration, but when I see something in the present circumstance that I can't control, that I can't, that I can't affect directly, I lose, I lose faith and doubt comes in and doubt starts coming all over you. And in Luke 17, says, and he said to the disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast in the sea that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith, increase our faith. It was like the mantra of the disciples. We don't have enough. We don't even have a seed. Increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. That this moment right here was, was their duty just to believe. Their duty was just to have faith. Their duty was just to trust that it was going to work out. It was going to happen. That if you would just believe God that it was going to happen, it will happen. And the biggest mount, mountain to our doubts, the biggest mountain to our circumstance, is not just doubt, but it's unbelief. Unbelief that is binding us from seeing the kingdom of God. Do you realize that like the, the, the obstacle to the kingdom being apparent in your life is unbelief? You either believe it or you don't. And, and we all have this. If I get you to doubt me, if, I, if Satan and the devil and the schemes and sin and the temptations, all that gets you to doubt, then you won't have faith to be able to move that and see it for what it is. All sorts of doubts come in us. Doubts of, to our family. Doubts to our ability to father and mother. Doubts in your job. Doubts on your looks. Doubts on insecurities. 
Some of us doubt our age. So, so we try to move the mountains ourselves. All these doubts, all these mountains, all these unbeliefs, we try to move them ourselves. Have you found that to be true in your life? You try to just remove the mountain yourself? You try to uproot the tree yourself? I'll never forget this. I mean, uh, we had trumpet vines growing up. And, and on 808 Sinclair, where we live, we had these trumpet vines. And they were taking over my fence, and the fence was falling down. I was like, I have to eliminate these things. Man, I got, I got the sawzall. I went after them. I was cutting down every trumpet vine. Y'all, can y'all relate? Y'all ever try to kill something, and it just kept coming back? I, I would cut these things, and it would just kept coming back. Some of you are like, maybe it's, you know, a psycho ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. You know, I mean, it's just, I'm just saying something. You've been trying to kill something. It just keeps coming back. Man, I, I was pouring all sorts of things on there. The EPA would be after me trying to kill these things. I mean, it was crazy. And they kept coming back. And, and I'm just going to tell you, if you try to remove a mountain yourself, it's going to keep coming back. If you try to uproot the tree yourself, it's going to keep coming back. That's why Jesus used the, the analogy of this mulberry tree. Because mulberry trees were stubborn trees in Israel. You'd cut it down and come right back. Those roots were deep. They were all, all the way to the wells, way deep down. And it didn't matter. And he was using some, an impossibility to make a point. You can't do it on your, on your own. You can't do it yourself. And the Pharisees were trying to do it themselves. The Pharisees were making religion all about, oh, this is how we're going to remove mountains. We're going to do the do's and don'ts and the checklist. And, and we're going to save the exact amount of money. And we're going to go to church every Sunday. And we're going to serve on a night team. And we're going to do all these things. And it's going to be amazing. If I do all that, life is great. Life is grand. Oh, man, I've controlled it. I've conquered this mountain. But mountains don't move unless you ask God to come in. Unless you have faith. As a mustard seed. It's the only way mountains will move from your life. This faith. This, this faith as a mustard seed. So we've been removing mountains. You doubt your marriage so you get a divorce. You, you doubt your ability to father and mother so you abandon your kids. You doubt the income from your job so you get a better job. You doubt your looks so you get some plastic surgery. You doubt your work and your security of work, so you work obsessively. You doubt your looks, so you work out obsessively. Like, we, we overcompensate to remove mountains. Have you realized that? We've overcompensated, and at the end of the day, it's, it's a surface problem. It's actually a deep problem, but we're using surface things to eliminate it. So we see this over and over and over again, and people were looking at the mountain. They were looking at the mountain for answers. They were looking at the mountain on how to conquer it. Well, maybe if I were just climb the mountain and see what's on the other side. Maybe if I would understand the mountain. Maybe I need to take another personality test, you know. Maybe I need to do something else. If I just understand it just a little bit better. Now, I don't want to undermine and simplify the fact that there are some real things to some real psychological issues and some real understandings of personality. It's going to help knowing how my wife's wired. It's going to help knowing that, uh, that, um, how she's wired in belief. I can't change her mind very easily. That's, that's going to help. Maybe I'll quit trying to change her mind. I won't, I'll quit trying to control her, you know. Maybe that'll, that'll be helpful, you know. Now, I, 
I, it just helps knowing your spouse. It helps knowing things. You can use wisdom, but, but the deep down mountains, the deep seated mountains that are deep inside of your heart will not be moved unless the Lord shows up. In Luke 17, being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. The kingdom of God and the access to move mountains is right there in the midst of you. It is Jesus himself. Jesus himself. And, and no one knew this more than a woman in Luke chapter 13. In Luke chapter 13, we see that a woman was there on a Sabbath day and she comes up to Jesus and she was crippled and Jesus actually reaches out to her and he heals her and she straightens up and she knew to remove this mountain, this obstacle, I needed to go to Jesus. I needed a Jesus perspective. I needed Jesus to speak in this. And, and it happened. It happened in this moment. And in verse 18 in Luke 13, after that moment, he says, he said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. And he grew and it grew and became a tree and the birds of the air made nest." In his branches. It's like, it's like a seed that goes in the garden and, and grows. And we see the, the tree grow. And as the tree grows, right, the, the birds are able to rest in it. People are able to rest in it. And it's amazing. It's, it's an amazing sign. And I want to say, for a seed to flourish, it has to be planted in Christ. For a seed of faith to flourish, for, for any seed of faith to, to grow, it has to be planted and rooted in Christ. Matthew chapter 8, 23. Then he got in the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're drowning. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. You know, I applaud the disciples. Maybe they didn't have mustard seed faith, but they had enough faith to get in the boat with Jesus. And I think a lot of us have enough faith to come to church on a Sunday. Now, enough of us have a little faith to, to maybe, you know, go to a connect group. But, but what kind of faith do you have? Are you just stepping into the boat? Or are you placing your faith in Jesus? The biggest thing that God is asking us to do is move the mountains that are keeping us from living out the story that he's called us to walk out. The mountains that are eliminating your destiny are the mountains that he wants to remove. The, the mountains that are eliminating your purpose and, and what he's created you to do. The, the mountains, whether maybe you've been ruled by fear, maybe you've been ruled by legalism, maybe you've been ruled by, by, by working way too hard, maybe you've been ruled by by pride or setbacks, or, or maybe you've been ruled by discouragement. I don't know what your mountain is, but there's deep mountains. Maybe it's a mountain like we read about where there's unforgiveness, 
where somebody has wronged you. And what does Jesus say if somebody has wronged you and they come to you, forgive them. How many times must we forgive them? Seventy times seven. An endless amount of forgiveness should go to that person. Oh, man. But I want to hold on to this grudge. I want to hold on to this bitterness. I want to hold on to this pain because I'm finding if I hold on to it, it feels good. If you do what feels good, you won't get where you're supposed to go. If you're led by only feel goods, you're going to be empty. It'll be like that massage. Oh, man, it feels good. Oh, that spot right there, that knot. Yep, been there. Years. I don't know. Long time. But if you just keep rubbing that spot, keep rubbing that spot, feels good, feels good, feels good, feels good. And you keep rubbing it, eventually your skin will go raw. It'll turn raw. It'll become raw. And it'll be worse. In fact, maybe you should find out what's causing that little knot. You know, go see Stephen and PT. And, you know, maybe, maybe you'll realize that it, it, it's actually a torn rotator cuff. You probably need to get that fixed. You know, maybe it's something like that that is causing the pain. Maybe it's stress. And you keep getting that knot because you have this stress on your life out of this burden that you're carrying. And you just need to remove that stress from your life. But deeper than that. The only thing that can move a mountain, the only thing that can move the mountain and the disciples was a seed. A seed of faith. And the only way that you access a seed of faith is you have to go to the tree. You have to go to the one who gives the seed. John says this, I am the vine. Remain in me. Jesus often said that he is, the, he is the source and he is the one who is going to move mountains. And the way that Jesus moves mountains is because he moved a greater mountain for you and me. In Luke 23, it says this. When they t- came to a place called the Skull, the mountain of Golgotha, this place, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. See, Jesus, when he went to the skull, you realize what he was doing? The skull was a mountain of death, and Jesus decided, I'm going to remove the mountain of death. I'm going to remove the skull. I'm going to remove this mountain and I'm going to die the death that you and I deserve to die. Because Jesus was able to move that mountain, he made it possible to have faith so that we can move mountains. Jesus actually allows us to flourish, a faith that flourishes. Luke 13, 31. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown larger than all the garden plants, it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. 
The thing is, is this seed of faith is put in Jesus. It is Jesus and it is planted and it becomes a beautiful tree. This tree that you and I can rest in, you and I can find nurture in, you and I can find faith in. And because he conquered this, he has made it possible. Would you stand with me, church, this morning? I just want to close with a song. In Ephesians 3.20, we've been talking about the God who is able to do more than we could ask, think, or imagine. The God who is able to do more. That seeds of faith that conquer uh, bitterness, conquer anger, conquer doubt, conquer unbelief, conquer all these things. is the seed who is found in Jesus, through Jesus. And that's how we're able to conquer. We're able to conquer because he conquered first. through song this morning that God is able God is able to do more would you join along as we sing this song this morning